Hello, hello, small business growth family. Welcome to another episode of the No Fluff, Most Conversational Business Podcast out there, where we have raw and real and genuine conversations sharing tactical business growth advice, entrepreneur lifestyle tips, mindset blocks, and so much more. If you're new here, I'm your host, Madison Page, and I am a business growth specialist helping you learn how to stand out and sell out on social media by building a ride or die obsessed online community about around your brand. Whether you are on a road trip and I'm in the passenger seat, maybe this is your morning routine in your bathroom, maybe you're making your product, whatever that may be, I am so happy that you are here. If you've been listening to seven episodes and you've been here for a while, make sure that you give the podcast a five-star review. It truly helps me so much. And give us a quick little follow. If you don't already, you can get notified every time that we do post a new episode. If this is your first time here, we put out new episodes every Tuesday and Friday and make sure that you are following along to get all of those literally strategy-packed episodes. Today, we are talking about PR and getting press releases for your business to grow your audience, grow your reach, build some authority in your business. And today, I'm chatting with a specialist in the industry named Mickey Kennedy. Mickey Kennedy founded e-releases 24 years ago to help small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility through press release marketing. He lives in the Baltimore area and really helps a lot of small businesses just like you get on the map through crafting really high level standout press releases. So get cozy and get ready for this conversation on a topic that we have not talked about before on the Small Business Growth Podcast. And here we go. Hey, Mickey, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes, you're so welcome. I'm excited to chat. Today, we're talking all things PR, what that looks like for small businesses. If you can just give us kind of a a background about what you're about, what your story is, and going from there. Right. So um, about 25 years ago, I uh, was working at a telecom research startup, and they hired me because I was a writer. I was employee number three, and they said, figure out press releases. And so I uh, figured out press releases. I started faxing them. And a lot of the journalists would call and say, could you just email us your press release? We publish a lot of numbers and statistics. And it's just easier to work with if yeah. uh, in Microsoft Word. Um, and that was sort of a light bulb moment for me where I thought email uh, is, is a, a natural progression from facts. And so I started reaching out to journalists and, and asked them if I could send them press releases um, in their beat. And most of them said yes. So I launched 24 years ago with around 10,000 journalists in my database. And uh, over the years, uh, Pierre Newswire reached out to us and thought we were doing something pretty cool and serving the entrepreneurial and small business and startup community. And they said, why not include our distribution in there as well? And so um, I pointed out that we were just charging a couple hundred dollars at the time, and they're charging like $1,200 to move a 500 word press release nationally. And uh, surprisingly, they said, let's see if we can make the numbers work. And um, we've been offering a national distribution over the wire, as well as the email distribution that we're known for, uh, for, for many years now. And it really does give access to something that normally small businesses and entrepreneurs couldn't yeah. potentially afford. And it is a great avenue for getting your message out to the media, mostly through leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have a message that really resonates and is newsworthy, you can get 
dozens and dozens of articles written about you. And it's, you know, harder to do that through direct one-on-one pitching because it takes so much effort to get each individual article. Yeah. So give like the for dummies version of what a press release is. Cause I'm sure some people listening are like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> right. So a press release is just a, an announcement uh, about you or your company. It's usually written in the third person. Um, there's usually a, a headline, a dateline, which is usually the city and state where you're located. It doesn't have to be. So if you're an author, you might want to put New York cause it's the publishing capital. Um, and if you're working in entertainment, you might put uh, Hollywood or Los Angeles or something like that. So uh, in addition to the dateline, there's, you know, uh, usually anywhere from three to six um, paragraphs Uh, might be an about section at the end, they call a boilerplate that gets recycled and used in almost all the press releases. And of course, the media contact. So if a journalist has questions or needs some, um, you know, additional information or clarification that they can reach out to you either through email or by phone. Nice. So you're kind of like a hub for a bunch of journalists to get all of your information. Exactly. I, I sort of see us as sort of a, a matchmaker. You know, we, we try to take the messaging from one person uh, and, you know, look at their industries that they're in and figure out what journalists would be receptive to that. Yeah. And I was just listening to a podcast um, about Tarte Cosmetics and all they made their like makeup and all of that. But she was talking about her growth journey and she was talking about how if she didn't get in some of these magazines and publications in the beginning, she doesn't think that she would be where she is. She was like in some of these huge publications, but she was literally going like door to door for them. And but you get in one big publication, it totally changes the game for a little small business. Absolutely. Yeah. So give us a little bit of your strategy. How do you, how do you start? Where do you, like, how do you stand out from people in a press release? Where does it really, like a lot of the people listening are, they either have like product-based businesses that they're making, like they might be an artist of some sort, like a maker, or they have like their in-person store different. They're like all kind of small businesses, I guess. Sure. So I, I think that uh, the most important thing is to not look at other press releases because so many people look at press releases that are out there by competitors and what other people are doing and they sort of mimic that press release. Yeah. And the truth is 95% of press releases don't generate any uh, earned media or articles written about them. And so I would uh, challenge people to really write your story uniquely and there's lots of different approaches that you can take, but you know all of them re- re- sort of revolve around being strategically newsworthy. And you know if you have a product and you're doing a product launch or you're announcing something with your product, so many people just publish uh, that and a list of features, and that makes it very difficult for a journalist to build a story around it. So things that you might want to include are. Uh, use case studies, people who've used the product, what their experience has been, uh, and also quotes by by that person. It allows them to build out an article in a story format that uh, you know really speaks to you and, and your business and your product. And so just always keep in mind that you want to build a story. And sometimes it's just sharing your story, being authentic, um, inspirational, sharing your obstacles and hiccups along the way. A lot of small businesses like to appear larger than they are and don't want to own up to their growing pains and, yeah. and where, where they've come from. But su- that's behind the scenes sometimes. <laughs> right. So surprisingly, the stories where you are very authentic and you just share your vulnerabilities 
often are the ones that get picked up. Uh, I had one client that shared a, a weird story where they got uh, an influx of orders before Thanksgiving. So they canceled Thanksgiving and the whole family just showed up and they spent it in the garage doing fulfillment. And so, uh, you know, that was a story that got picked up in um, Inc. Magazine. And so it resonated with them. It's something that all growing businesses can identify with. So don't sell yourself short and try to appear completely proper and corporate and perfect because the the imperfections are what make your story unique. Um, Other things are like what it is that you're doing that's a little more unique than everybody else. Um, In marketing, we call it the USP or unique selling proposition. What defines you and makes you different from everybody else? Uh, It's one of the reasons that I think that startups generally do very well uh, with PR and it's because they have a very defined elevator pitch and they know what differentiates them from everyone else that's out there. So, you know, if you don't have a USP, is there one you could build in over time or one that you would like to, uh, you know, consider trying out? Because it really can be a game changer, both from a marketing standpoint, as well as getting PR and, uh, uh, you know, pick media pickup. Uh, other things that work really well is, uh, you know, researching your industry for blind spots and, you know, it sounds kind of vague, but, you know, what are the types of things that whenever you're at a conference, you and your colleagues tend to talk about? Like, it might be, have you noticed that we're we're getting paid at like 90 to 120 days when it used to be 30 days average? That's a trend that's if other people are experiencing it, that is probably happening in your industry and your, your trade publications and journalists who cover your industry may not be aware of it. And if you can sort of bring these things to light, you stand a good chance of getting media pickup as the person who who brought it to attention and sharing a really great quote from you. And, and that's another important aspect is the quote. So many people write a quote in their press release that's just safe and bland, and it doesn't really say anything. But if you have a, a mediocre story and a journalist is like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I've got to write a story. This one's okay. This one's okay. If you have an amazing quote, they'll, they'll definitely tend to go towards that one because they can build a story around an amazing quote. And so you really want to spend a lot of time with what you say in your quote. You want to be very concise, um, powerful. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the area where I, I say you should spend the most time Uh, along with the headline of your press release. And, you know, when it comes to headlines, you're writing for the journalists. So you don't want to have puns or be clever, like New York Post style headlines. You're writing for a busy journalist who's looking at headlines and trying to determine, is this relevant for me? So you really want to stick to the facts and make it as relevant as possible. And uh, as a result, a really great headline and a really great quote can really you know give you the edge, especially with busy journalists who are looking for a story. Uh, those things stand out. They, they make it make it more likely that they'll run with you. Um, I also have people who come to me and say, I've tried five or six press releases and nothing's worked. And to those people, I say, this is going to take a little work, but it will always work. I have never had it fail. And that is to do a survey or study within your industry. Uh, You put together a survey. I like four pages, uh, four questions on each page through SurveyMonkey. And uh, you can afford to put some strange or left field questions on the last page. So if they stop three quarters of the way through, you've still got their responses for the initial part of the survey. And uh, then send it out. 
you probably don't have a ready-made audience that's large enough to do a survey. No problem. Just reach out to a smaller independent trade association in your industry, not the large ones because they get all the press they want. The smaller ones don't get a lot of love. And so if you approach them and say, hey, would you be willing to send this link um, to your members for the survey? I'll mention you in the press release that I'll be issuing over the wire. They see it as a win-win. Here's an opportunity that we could get some media attention. So often they will send it out to their members, uh, either through email or through social media, sometimes both. And it's, it's a way to get a few hundred responses, uh, allows you to tabulate the results. You look at them, figure out what were the big aha moments, the surprises, and build a story around that. You don't want to cover all 16 questions, but you want to figure out which ones were the most interesting. And uh, by doing that and then building a press release around it with some amazing quotes, you will probably get anywhere from between uh, four to 12 articles written about you. And that just happens again and again. Uh, I, I have one client who does 20 to 30 surveys a year. And they represent lots of vertical industries. And so they do one for each vertical and they get uh, on average between 12 and 18 articles for each survey that they, that they do. And it gets links to them. They also build a resource page for each survey, gets links to that. Uh, even news outlets that normally don't provide links to a website, like the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, sometimes will include a link to the uh, survey resource page because there's so much information on it. You know, all the questions are there, all the responses are there. Uh, you know, you might, you know, they might be able to build a story on questions that you didn't cover in your press release because generally you focus on just a couple of them. Yeah. And yeah, that's so good. There's so much information in what you just said. My brain is like, dude, all the spinning around of like, that's a great, I was, my next question for you was going to be like, what do you do if you have nothing that's like, if you don't really feel like you have anything noteworthy. And so kind of creating your own noteworthy and like coming up with statistics and findings that is fresh and new and really what you just created. Right. And another thing that if you're sort of resource minded, you can actually go out there and find public stats and data that exist and just compile it in a really interesting way. I've had people do that where they didn't want to do a survey, but they really were great at research and pulled together a lot of interesting data that was, uh, you know, recent data. And then they were able to provide analysis for it. So remember, journalists like to work with numbers. So anything that you add that's got numbers in it, statistics, data, um, you know, data-driven stuff works extremely well with the media. They tend to see that as harder news as opposed to like a feature story or something that's a little bit softer. Yeah. Ooh, that's really good. So it seems like step one is like figure out what your main topic, your main noteworthy like story that you want to create, create a press release around it that's unique and different and stands out and has a juicy quote to it. And then try to find journalists to send your press release to. Absolutely. Mm, okay. And where do you really feel like how important is the actual like piece or the actual like publication, I guess, to the success of the PR that goes out? Is it like just trying to get it out to everybody or is it like try to stay within your, within your uh, proper audience or is it going to find the right audience kind of naturally? That's like the journalist job. How do you kind of feel around that? I, I feel that the targeting that you choose when you distribute it is extremely important. Uh, I had one client who had golf clubs and 
they looked on our website and saw that in the golfing category, it's like less than 50 journalists. And so they're like, they looked at the business category and saw there was like more than 3000 journalists who are covering the business market. And they sent it out and nothing happened. Their reasoning was all of the people who buy our clubs are business professionals. They read business magazines. Well, you got to look at it from the standpoint of the journalists. They are business journalists. They write in business magazines. They don't cover golf clubs. They cover, you know, industries and things like that. So you really want to target, make sure you're targeting the right audience and, you know, know that journalists are gatekeepers. And so you want to sort of, you know, act as if you're them, walk in their shoes and say, how could I make this message relevant? Who is it relevant for? And how can I make it as relevant as possible to them so that they will want to share this with their audience? Because they're trying to curate stuff that's going to be interesting for their audience. And they're trying to decide what, what sort of you know, makes that metric. And so anything that you can do to give yourself an edge, you really want to take advantage of that. Yeah. And you're kind of shifting your messaging away from trying to sell to your customer, to selling to the journalist of like what they would be looking for in their business and in their, like on for their publication, like that the example you just gave, which is a perfect example of like, you are now trying to flip it as to why your golf club should be in a business magazine, as opposed to why people just need to buy your golf clubs. Right. Mm, oh, that's so good. And so kind of going back to the standing out in a in a press release, like, okay, you've sent some out, you found some journalists, and obviously like your system is the matchmaker to proper journalists. But if people use your system, which what is your system named? E-releases, right? E-releases is our website. Yeah. E-releases is the website. And so they are the matchmaker for you to find all these journalists. But let's say you sent them out and you're like, okay, like I've sent all of these out. They just like, I'm just getting no response what do you what is your normally like one two three let's look at it and if you need these one two three things to almost like i don't know to to help you kind of revive your press release right so i would say look at what you sent out and try to explain why you got the response that you did um sometimes i've had people who get inquiries from the media but they don't write articles And so what kind of questions did they ask when they called? Oh, where they were looking for this specific thing. And I said, yeah, it kind of applies, but that's not really what we're going after. And I'm like, well, how would it be if you were to refine your message to go after that segment? Uh, Would it's, you know, would you still want the business? Because it seems like the media is wanting something that sort of fits and applies to that. So take any information that you get and sort of incorporate it into, you know, perhaps a, a second release or something that's completely different. Um, I I often say if something doesn't work, just move on to the next thing. Um, you know, there's lots of different approaches with the media. Um, there's something that got really big more than 10 years ago called newsjacking, where if there's a hot topic in your industry, you just join the conversation. And that worked maybe more than 10 years ago, but it doesn't anymore because everyone does it. So when, you know, when we had the target credit card breach many years ago, uh, every security consultant did a press release on it. And, you know, I think there was probably 1500 people competing for the same uh, press release. And so I had a client and I, I was like, what I would do if I was you is if you are going to make this the hill that you die on, what could you say in this 
that's different than everybody else? Is yeah. there la layering you can do, nuances? So for example, most of their um, customers were small mom and pops, not large franchises or big corporations with multiple locations. And I'm like, well, maybe you could explain to, hey, if you have a credit card terminal on your counter at your local pizza shop, are you at risk of the same breach that, you know, uh, happened to Target? And so they did that. And then they got not a lot, but they got like five or six articles as a result of it. I'm convinced that if they had just done their initial approach, like everyone else, they would have gotten nothing. So, you know, how can you sort of, you know, hone your message to make it extremely specific and relevant to, you know, ideally who your core audience is. And in their case, they were trying to go general, but their customer base is a very specialized group of people. And, you know, by, by targeting them in your messaging and what you're talking about, you, you can get pickup in their case, they provided a free uh, white paper to see if, you know, to do an audit to see if you are at risk and several publications that picked it up, there weren't a lot of them, but several of them included a link directly to that white paper uh, where people could sign up for it. So, you know, it does happen where people include links and call to actions. Uh, you really have to prove that there's a lot of value for a, a news outlet to include those links and, and things like that. So it's a little bit different than marketing, but a lot of people see really great results. Generally, when someone reads an article about a company, they will either click through to their website or do a search for them and often want to do business with them without price shopping, comparing them to other competitors. There's this uh, goodwill that was created in reading the article. Uh, it's sort of like an implied endorsement that happened and they want to do business with you. And so, you know, uh, I, it's not unusual for customers to say, hey, we got, you know, 140 clicks from the link in this article, but we got like 70 sales from it. That's not that unusual, especially if you have a smaller price point. So, you know, the, these are these are, are definitely beat your average landing pages and marketing uh, because it really does create this um, sense of implied endorsement where there is no- Testimonial, yeah. Right, the, awesome. the flags don't come up for advertising. Their guard is down and they're wanting to do business with you. Mm, totally, and it's, yeah, it's literally just like a testimonial or an authority builder on steroids because you're already in this publication and you clearly, they've had to vet you to be able to be in here. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Awesome. So, and it kind of seems like it's like picking, it's being, having a curious mind, having to like, okay, why is this not working? How can I make it better? It's testing different stories, seeing how you can create different stories and what it really sounds like, which is something that I talk about with my, with marketing and social media all the time is like putting aside what everybody else is doing and trying to see where you can be just totally different and what's out there in order to stand out. Right. And sometimes if you're comfortable being a contrarian, and going yeah. against what everyone else is doing can do really well. So, for example, if there's a topic where everybody seems to be pro it, like 
it seems like electric cars. Everybody feels like this is the savior for the environment. But if you were the reasonable person who came out and said, you know, there are some concerns, maybe we shouldn't be adopting this so fast because of the uh, landfill problems that are created with the batteries at the end of their life, as well as the actual environmental cost of mining the metals and minerals that are used in these batteries, you know, as well as the working conditions, you know, maybe we should wait a little bit and see if there might be safer alternatives that are coming forward in the next few years. You won't come across as a crazy person, but you 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 do stand the chance that every time someone writes an article that is pro uh, electric car, that they'll put you in as the person who's saying the opposite because journalists want to be fair and balanced. And often they're not because there's no one raising their hands saying, Hey, pick me, pick me. I've got, I've got an, a different uh, angle to all of this. Oh, that's so good. And like being okay with standing out in that sense is good. It's just like people saying, and I don't know how much I believe it, but no press is bad press where it's like you're out there and people are still talking to you. And even if it is in a negative sense of like, well, this is why we think it's great, but they still said it. It's still eyes. It's still people that are finding what you have to say. And it's still getting new people in your, in your world. Right. I do advise my customers though, to be careful. You know, if you are going to be a contrarian, make sure it's a position that's not going to alienate you with your customer base or, or make you willing to like, okay, like we're going to put our stake down here. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you feel around no press is bad press? I do feel that uh, there there is no such thing as bad press because I think anytime the light is shown on you and people are paying attention to you, they're wanting to get your story. So yeah. even if it's like a recall, generally when the spotlight's on you about a, you know something as as terrible as a, a product recall or or something like that, you can you can take that spotlight and uh you know convey your message you know uh talk about yes this is a problem uh, acknowledge it you know communicate what you're doing to make sure this is being addressed now and how uh you're uh acting to make sure it doesn't happen again and it's an opportunity for you to communicate to the world and so i you know that even when it's negative it's often get you're often given the opportunity to say something and saying no comment is a lost opportunity because yeah. uh you know that 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 they are willing to quote you and even if you don't want to be on the spot you can generally prepare a statement in writing that they can't tear apart and yeah. and and try to uh do a sound bite that makes you look bad so uh i would i would take advantage of any opportunity even if it appears like it's negative news yeah, well, and it's like, it's even, it's just providing brand awareness. And a lot of times when, when all the dust settles or whatever that phrase is, when the dust settles, it allows you to like, now you have all these new eyes that were just on you. It allows you to almost like refresh. Here we go. Now we can like, this is what we're all about. You can provide your values. I think that's a really great way to look at it. So kind of looking at, it seems like you have like standing out, doing these things, like finding a story that people are willing to do. What do you say to the people? And you've kind of already, you said like, okay, you can do the survey, whatever. But like, what's an example of a story that a handmade business owner or like a boutique owner or something like that 
can actually create and like for it to get published, that's good enough. That's like strong enough to get it out there, to get their product. If they don't seem like, and the UVP is huge, like having that, I call it a differentiator to a lot of my clients is like having that differentiator, but people that are whatever, a boutique owner, an artist, things like that. Like what are examples of stories that actually do kind of get picked up by those people? Um, I find that when it comes to uh, people who are, uh, either in the craft business or making stuff or uh, being very, uh, you know, boutique or curated uh, items. What works really well are pictures. Um, the, you're given the opportunity with the press release to include two two images, a logo or photo or something like that. Don't don't waste your you know one of those on a logo. You want them to be uh, photos, and they don't have to be you know, professional photographs, candid photographs often work better. Like if there was a picture of your product on blue felt and, you know, it looks extremely professional or their product is on the neck of someone, I would go with the one where it's actually on a real person because I, I you know, a lot of these publications that have online presences are looking for something that sort of stands out. And images and multimedia really helps if you have that with your uh, story, because if a journalist is looking at two stories that are pretty comparable in newsworthiness, and one has a couple of really great uh, photos, uh, they're going to go with that one because they know that when they put it on their website and they add the photos, that it's going to really resonate with their audience and that they're really going to appreciate it. And it's going to be a draw. So that's another way, you know, especially with people who are doing these products that are really interesting and cool and custom and individual that having really great photos uh, is, is really going to give you an edge over other people. Other things are, you know, like I said, just sharing your story, who you are behind everything that's sort of handcrafted or handmade or, or uh, you know, has an artisan uh, experience with it, you know, sharing the story of, of who you are and what you're about is, is also going to make you, you know, better for the people to identify you with. Um, journalists like to be seen as curators. Uh, they don't like covering large companies. They like to be like, hey, here's a little undiscovered gem that you probably don't know about. And, you know, I want to share the story with you about it. So they really do like championing smaller businesses, individuals, things that are handcrafted and handmade. So, you know, it, it is it is a space that I think can be extremely successful using press releases. Mm, yeah, I think that's so good. And so many small business owners I know are like, they're almost scared to really jump into it. They're like, well, like, it's going to be a waste of my time. I have nothing that's that unique. Like it's, I, I just like, I need to start somewhere else. And I think it's a really great way to, because if you get one really good one, you can see, I've also had other people that are like, oh, I got listed on whatever Oprah's favorite things. And it like, I got, I woke up to like 3000 orders and I was like, oh my gosh, my whole business has changed. And obviously Oprah's magazine might be different than the average or whatever, but it's still like, it goes to show how powerful one good press release can really be. Absolutely. I had early in the pandemic, uh, a, a PR firm helped uh, build an initiative called the dining bond initiative. And it was basically built on the war bond initiative. And basically they were trying to help restaurants that were closed down during the pandemic. Yeah. And it basically allowed you to nominate a, 
favorite local restaurant. And if they were able to communicate with them and they accepted it, you could give money through their website and it would go directly to that uh, restaurant immediately. And it would be backed sort of like as a gift certificate. And uh, it got picked up in over 150 uh, publications, wow. including the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, tens of millions of dollars were created. And the only thing that they used for marketing was PR and it worked extremely well for them. And, you know, it was at a time where there was a lot of negative news and here was something yeah. really positive. And it was also something that a lot of us felt sort of defenseless and, you know, alone. And, but here was something actionable that we could do. And so it really was like a perfect storm. And, you know, a $399 press release generated at least $17 million in revenue. So that's really, you know, shows you the extreme side of what PR could do if you you do have the right message. Yeah, so good. All right, Mickey, this has been so great for people getting into it. Uh, what is your like last tip for PR, press releases, whatever that might be? Like, how, how what is your biggest tip, your legacy that you want to leave for people that have never gone into it or don't know where to start? Um, I would say, uh, you know, do an audit of your business. Um, I have a free masterclass that allows you to do that. It's less than an hour. It goes through the survey study, goes through several different types of press releases that generally get media pickup. And if you sort of run your business through the lens of this uh, masterclass, I think you'll have a strong understanding of, of types of press releases you could be doing that would probably be meaningful and make a difference. And it's available at ereleases.com forward slash plan, P-L-A-N. And I would recommend that anybody start there because if you do those types of press releases, you're going to be in the minority of the types of press releases that are out there. Because like I said, 95% or more press releases are about a new hire at your company or a, a, a product launch that only just lists a, a list of features and there's nothing to build a story on. And so you will know that you're doing something a little bit different. And these are the types of releases that generally do get media pickup. So I would start there. And I would also tell anybody to, you know, uh, you, you do matter. And I know that you might have the an imposter syndrome and feel like, yeah, this just isn't right for me because we're too small or, you know, we're this, I would say, you know, own that and take a chance and you might be surprised how well it, it could work for you. Oh, yes. And that's so good. So good. I think a lot of people, especially small businesses have so much imposter syndrome in their mind of like, ah, I'll do that when I get bigger. But it's you, it's like, yeah, that's kind of backwards. It's a little bit backwards there. And I will put the link to your masterclass in the show notes as well. Um, so people can go right there and click. So go ahead and head down there if you guys want to check out his masterclass um, on how to audit your business. So where else can people find you, you guys on social? Do you or just head right to your website to check you out? Um, ereleases.com. Uh, all of our social media is on the lower right. The only one I sort of understand is LinkedIn. I have people who handle the rest. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, we only have editors, no salespeople. So we hold people's hands through the process. Mm. You know, most of our clients who've used us and continue to use us started having never done a press release. And uh, we do sort of demystify that and hold your hand through the process. And we feel that PR is really exciting and it's a great opportunity for small businesses, entrepreneurs, startups, uh, artists, and other people. And we, we really think it's cool when everything aligns itself and it works. Mm. 
Oh, so good. Thank you so much, Mickey. This has been wonderful. People are going to find it super helpful. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Okay. How good was that? A topic that I have totally not dove into before, but can absolutely be so helpful for growing your reach, building your authority, and truly so much more. I'm going to put the link in the show notes for Mickey's e-releases, his website, as well as a free masterclass on how to create a winning PR strategy based on the PR campaigns of his most successful clients. Both of those links will be below as well as some other links that you can always go ahead and check out. Thank you so much for being here. Feel free to leave us a quick five-star review. It really helps us out so much. Give us a follow as well as come on over to Instagram at this is Madison Page and let me know if this was a topic that you would like to hear more on. If you are loving more guest episodes, I really like to hear your feedback as always as to what you are loving and what you are wanting more of. Oh, and one more thing. If you are ever feeling paralyzed by there being so many things, ideas you could chase, strategies to implement in your business that you truly have no idea where to start, maybe you should be growing your account or you should be posting more reels, you should be posting more stories, you need to send emails, you need to do websites, you know the deal. And I'm sure you're getting stressed just me saying that. I have created a program to solve this problem for you called Entrepreneurship Made Easy. It's your place to stand out, chill out, and sell out where I give you a new strategic focused each month equipped with fresh high level business trainings, resources, and strategy to take all of your ideas, possible strategies you could follow, and all of that overwhelm of where the heck to start and give you a direct focus with objectives for you to follow to start seeing results in your business. So this month is engagement. We're talking how to build your engagement strategies to actually see that change and the mindset shifts that you need to have in order to start seeing actual engagement on your social as well as my secret strategy to engagement. That is what you are getting packed with other resources and goodies if you join this this month. Instead of having a million things you were trying to do and getting them all done at like 5%, meaning you're spreading yourself so thin and your execution is probably poor, why not pick one thing, master it, get all of the strategies of how to really, really rock that one thing this month so you know you are doing it well and strategically. Plus, it's only $47 because everybody deserves to grow their business with ease and simplicity. Entrepreneurship Made Easy, the link is in the show notes to snag your spot.